This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Susan Russell. Susan's the Chief Nursing and Safety Executive at Singing River Health System. She's going to tell us about herself, about Singing River Health System, about what she's most excited about this year, what advice she has for leaders, and a little bit more. Susan, can you take a moment and tell us a bit about yourself and about Singing River Health System? Oh, that would be my pleasure. Um, I am a hometown girl. Our healthcare system is located on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and I have proudly served in our nursing department for over three decades. Uh, out of those, the majority was been critical care, critical care leadership. Uh, the past five years, I had the opportunity to move up to the chief nursing officer role, and at that point in time, our entire administrative team supported the movement to really focus in on patient safety and the role of a patient safety officer fell into my wheelhouse as well because that was a keen interest for me. Uh, Singing River is a three-hospital system located on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Uh, we've been in some existence for 75 years. Previously, we were known as the Jackson County Hospital, um, but now we have attained a third hospital in Harrison County, which is the neighboring county. Uh, but as I said, we are proud to serve as a nonprofit facility and three nonprofit institutions on the Mississippi Gulf Coast to serve our community and everybody in our region. And, and when you look at the um, Mississippi Gulf Coast right now, talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing with hurricanes, what you're seeing with COVID-19. I mean, I know I've son who's been living in New Orleans and it's been a mess this year for hurricanes. What are you seeing in Mississippi with, with COVID and with hurricanes? Well, the good news is the COVID numbers are starting to trend down. Uh, that has been a little bit of a fraughtful journey, getting everybody down and where they needed to be. I won't lie, it has been incredibly tough in our area. Uh, Mississippi has the highest rate of COVID deaths in the United States. One out of 320 Mississippians have died during this pandemic. That's an amazing amount. And it's not something we're thrilled with or happy with. Um, Mississippi tends to be an older state. And we know that a lot of the residents who have age on them and comorbid issues uh, were more likely to contract this disease and to succumb to it. Um, but one of the biggest factors is we are one of the lowest vaccinated states. Uh, so that really has impacted our state and all of our healthcare systems immensely. Now, we are lucky enough that our healthcare system is considered um, a level two, which is immediately below a university hospital uh, in functionality. We have uh, been blessed to have 24-7 intensivist coverage on all of our campuses. But that also made us a referral center for many of these rural hospitals in the state, um, meaning that even though we were overwhelmed from the staffing standpoint, uh, from the bed availability standpoint, we were still in the position to help others in our state. And we have taken almost 100 referrals from other rural hospitals in the state and some not so rural, but just absolutely needed a higher level of care. So we were able to accommodate that. Uh, and additionally, yes, the storms, oh my gosh, uh, this year we did get grazed a little bit uh, from Ida, but last year, surprisingly, we got hit more by Zeta. Uh, you know, 2020, besides all the wonderful things that were COVID-related, storms were insanely uh, prominent, uh, and Zeta hit um, us and really 
created quite a bit of damage on our Gulfport campus, which is in Harrison County. Um, and this year, like I said, you know, we had Ida that kind of caused a little bit of problem in our region, but what it really did was cause problems in our neighbors in Louisiana. And we were asked if we could help participate and offload some of their patients. They had facilities without roofs, without power, uh, and proud to say that our hospital system reached out even in the midst of COVID and took over two dozen patients that otherwise would not really have a place to go. So we were able to help them out uh, early this month and uh, get most of those patients repopulated in their community. So lots of challenges, uh, a lot of potential to grow your leadership skills in the last 20 months. And, and talk about leadership because leading through this kind of pandemic, leading as a chief nursing and patient executive, with, with what I love is this great clarity, low vaccination rates, highest subsidy in the U.S. We've got older people, lots of comorbidities, no hiding the ball, great transparency. Talk about, for a moment, Susan, what advice, three pieces of advice or so would you give to, to leaders? The three pieces of advice I'd give to leaders is, firstly, stay true to the reason you went into healthcare and chose to step up as a leader. Uh, the demands on leadership has been insane. I mean, just no two ways about it. Uh, especially in the clinical leadership realm, where it's been 24-7, either between staff leaving to take lucrative travel and emergency crisis contracts to people who have been impacted by COVID. We have staff that are impacted either the fear factor, uh, I don't want to take care of people if I might get this disease. That was much more of a reality prior to the vaccines. Also, um, the disruption. We've had the staff departure. So now we are putting together new teams with major staff shortages. So that has created just incredible challenges for all of our leadership staff. And like every hospital in the United States, profound shortages and departures of staff. Turnover's never been higher. Uh, recruitment's never been lower. So it is very, very tough moving forward. And we're going to have to find a new normal for us once COVID settles back down. Uh, the second advice I would give to any uh, new leader or leaders who are still on board with us is to have a fortitude of resilience. Uh, no one in leadership could survive without the ability to respond in an environment that is so full of challenges and uncertainty as healthcare has been in the last 20 months. Uh, you know, we were in the situation of dealing with a virus. Nobody really had a lot of familiarity to. Supply chain was disrupted. People were looking to healthcare systems for advice and guidance, and a lot of the guidance just wasn't there because there wasn't research behind it. So being resilient is probably one of the biggest traits that leaders need to have. And the third thing that I would recommend to people, and you know, we began this by saying this should be a stress-free time for the week. It is finding a few minutes to have something that is stress-free. Find a silver liner, a reason to laugh every single day even if it's just how absurd the working conditions are right now. So you've got a COVID pandemic. Uh, you have patients that are boarding in the ED. We are under a state mandate to take other patients. Oh, by the way, you're going to get a hurricane this week. You know, and just thinking about, you've got to be kidding me. We, you know, we were talking about the locusts coming in because the challenges uh, uh, and the insanity of everything everybody was dealing with, but finding that humor in it, like you've got to be kidding me, and having great coworkers that can share with you on some of those, uh, like I said, extreme things. Uh, you know, you have a choice sometimes to laugh or cry. I think being able to laugh instead of crying <laughs> is a key component in leadership. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much, Susan. This, this concept, stay true to your mission and ethos. Demonstrate constant fortitude and resilience. And find a few minutes each day to relax and breathe and laugh or calm yourself in, in these very challenging times. I mean, you joke about, look, hurricanes, COVID, what are the locusts coming next? What plague is coming next? I mean, what an amazing attitude and, 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 and personal fortitude by yourself. Talk for a moment, Susan, about as you see COVID surge start to die down a little bit, thank goodness. What are you most excited about now? What are you most, you know, it, what, what, what's most uh, on your mind now that you're most excited and positive about? Give us something that you're positive about. Well, you know, this pandemic has consumed almost all of our resources, all the way from supplies, beds, what have you. It has been totally disruptive of what we were working on and moving forward with. I am so excited about vaccines, and I cannot understand the political back and forth on it. It is absolutely evidence and research findings support that vaccines stop people from getting uh, acutely ill or being sick enough to die. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And knowing that there is that silver lining, we will get COVID under control we will get back to a new normal. It won't go back the way it was before, but we can move forward and make an improvement. And uh, all the things we worked on from the strategy and safety standpoint, start getting those things back in place. So, you know, this cycle that we've been in for 20 months, well, we'd like to do this, but COVID's here. We'd like to, you know, on a personal note, we'd like to take a vacation. We'd like to see family. We would like to travel or we want to, uh, meet, network with other colleagues, we will be able to do that. There is an end in sight. And that's a true, absolute exciting thing for me this year. Susan, what a magnificent guest you are. And what a magnificent attitude. You're like a warrior with a positive attitude. You remind me of General MacArthur. What a great pleasure to visit with you this morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you, Scott, for having me. It was a pleasure.